consistent self-improvement, everybody. You are now listening to American Gypsy Podcast. I am your host, Classic, and I'm here with my co-host. Gypsy, and today we have a very special guest. We have Christopher Petrocelli, and he is the CEO of From the Mines, which is a wholesale um, crystal mineral business. Um, and I'll let him <laughs> explain more about that. But Chris, thank you very much for being here on our show today. Thank um, you. I know it's a very busy day for busy weekend with your live sale going on. So even I'd like to acknowledge the live sale in the crystal world. We've come a long ways from where, you know, how things used to be sold and even to what a live sale is. Can you explain to us what a live sale is and how we came, how you got from, from doing live sales in your, as far as in your business to where you came from to where originally how you had to move crystals? Well, uh, originally when I got into this business, uh, it was as a collector. And as I started collecting more, I realized oh, at the time I lived in Manhattan. So okay. if you wanted to buy a tumbled stone, it was like $10 just to buy a tumbled stone. And I was like, this is just way too expensive. And then I started wanting my own. And at the time I was working for nonprofit, so I also had no money. And every dollar that I spent was was extremely valuable to me. So I, I wanted bigger, higher end, nicer rocks. It just they were completely out of the ballpark of affordability. And so uh, it led me to, you know, trying to figure out a way to get my hands on stuff that was a little bit more affordable uh, and then also to be able to supply it to at that time, my, my clientele who was also looking for crystals, but also saw that it was not the most affordable thing in the world. And uh, I, I, I did a, a, an initial shipment uh, from a wholesale distributor in South America. And I got uh, my first shipment was $15,000 shipment. I had scrounged and saved for like a year just to get there because that was their minimum. And uh, I, I, I imported uh, this, this shipment and I got it at the time. I, I mean, literally living by the skin of my teeth. So I had a friend's garage that I brought the material to, and I started selling out of a friend's garage on Craigslist. So my, my initial introduction to this business was selling stuff on Craigslist, and this was about 14 years ago. Mm. Uh, so if we I fast really, forward, I'm sorry. Yeah. If we fast forward to today to live sale, like you said, you started on Craigslist, even technically wise. Where That's the, what it was, though, back then. As far as That's still... Yeah, yeah. Back, back, that, back then, it was either you were doing trade shows, you had a crystal shop, or you were just, you know, winging it, figuring it out. But that that led me to eventually doing tr trade shows. Right. But like, I, I was trying to get you to explain because like a lot of people don't know what a live sale is when it comes to crystals. So that's why I was trying to get you to explain what well, a there's live a story like, to, there's a story to get there. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you like that. Then. No, 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 no interruption. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying that, that there's a, you, the kind of the question you were asking was what, from where I came from, where we came from in this industry to live sales. Right. Well, I, I wanted to go reverse though, but it was, okay. You want to go was backwards? Fine. Yeah, I kind of wanted to explain the, to them, like, because some a lot of people don't know what a live sale is, even for, and I want okay. to acknowledge what you well, have. A live sale is basically you 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 have a streaming platform that suits your needs, and you get on a live stream, and right. you offer product to the consumer in real time, and the consumer can claim the item. Once the item is claimed, you know you got to figure out how to tag that item, 
And then typically what, what we do here, I think is very different than what a lot, what, what a lot of other people do, because we have a, an actual, uh, a machine that works around these sales. But the live sale is simple. Anybody can do it. You have, if you have a, access to a live stream, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, uh, there's so many different platforms now where people are selling live and you just got to, you know, right. show a product and hope someone buys it. So that's acknowledging the where technology has come and kind of what I was trying to, to get them to see to where technology has come now to allow you to do that as a live sale, where someone like you has come from, where you had to really get in the trenches and move it as far as physically. Yeah. I was trying to let them kind yeah. of get it. Cause I, I come across a lot of, I could say spoiled people that kind of don't understand where it really began and, where it come from. So some of my listeners that, you know, or some of our listeners to give them that perspective with what they're dealing with crystal wise versus what's going on today. Cause a lot of people, they get a perspective from only from Instagram or social media on how people are, you know, how the, the, the crystal business is, but mm. to, they, they have, they don't really take that and put that picture to what you actually do and where you've come from and, without technology or without, you know, the live sales and things right. like that. Yeah. Well, it's all perspective. I mean, I, my preference isn't to do the live sales. That's not my right. preference, but it's, it's, it's out of necessity that we do it right. because the world we live in now, convenience is everything. The more convenient something is for somebody, the more sellable it is. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, since, since COVID, everything has changed so drastically. You know, there's been rapid change, there's been slow change, but essentially we live in a world now where the consumer wants things spoon-fed to them. Mm. And so if you're not willing to spoon-feed the consumer, then you lose the consumer. So that's that's been kind of uh, the narrative for me where, you know, the idea of doing a live sale two years ago wasn't even on my radar. Uh, it was something that I had no interest in, no desire to do, as well as social media and YouTube and all this other stuff. It was really the pandemic that uh, catapulted me towards doing any kind of media or live sales. Yeah. And I see the big difference in to where when people get into the game now, they think that's where it starts. That's where they actually start with where, you know, you basically built up to and not really interested in it, even just even before that. So I guess to kind of go back a little bit before I wanted to to paint that picture of the different, you know, I guess, generations of how how things have changed dealing with things you know. have changed so drastically over the last decade in this industry. Uh, you know, it's a complete 360. Yeah, it's a complete 360. even even gem shows, you know, gem shows used to be big. Um, now they're they're just they're a dinosaur. Mm. Shows are a dinosaur. Not a lot of vendors want to show up and do the shows. The people who throw the shows want to really overcharge the vendors um, and the vendors out of desperation. Because if that's the way you've done, you know, there's a lot of people who do trade shows as that's their circuit. That's what they do. They don't do anything else other than trade shows. That's what they know. That's what they're used to. Most people are not capable of of adaptability. Most people stay in their lane and don't know how to get out or how to switch lanes when it's time to switch lanes. And we see that a lot in the gem show world. We also see that a lot in the crystal shop world, in, in the gem in the, the gem world, uh. where people get very stuck, very complacent in their way, 
and then are not able to make the creative adjustments they need to make in order to continue with the flow. You know, it's really interesting. I, I Someone was asking me a question similar to this recently, and uh, not to get into music, uh, but, you know. Oh, we're you okay at, to float. Yeah, we're okay to float topics. So, yeah. Right. Well, it's it's completely relevant. You know, Drake is the most relevant rapper in hip-hop history, in my personal opinion. This is a guy who, over the last 14 years, has stayed on the top. He didn't go to jail, he didn't get murdered, and he just stayed on top for 14 years. And how did he do that? Because no one else has ever done that. The best rappers in the world, Tupac, Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas, uh, Big L, who, you know, Big Pun, all, all of these huge rappers that came in, they're, they're, they were like a, a light bulb. They, they, they flashed and then it fizzled out, even like Lil Wayne. And what Drake did was Drake rode the coattails of the most popular people coming up and actually adapted his flow and his style to be similar to the people who were the most popular. And he'd get those people on a track. He'd jump on a track with the most popular upcoming, and that's how he stayed relevant. So his adaptability and his creativity to do that, and again, I'm not plugging Drake. I, I don't really care about Drake so much, but I do respect and appreciate his adaptability and what he was able to do. And the same applies for everything in the world. Every industry, everything you do in, in the world is all about creativity and adaptability. You know, And you need to see what's trending, what's going on right now, what do the people want, and then you need to give that to them. But... God willing, you don't compromise your morals and your standards and your ethics in the process. I guess even while we're all inter- while we're all in entertainment, at what age um, did you realize you wanted to become an Oscar award winning actor? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know i i have I have no I have no desire. Quite honestly, the the social media and the YouTube stuff exhausts me. Um, it, it's a little bit above my pay grade, but again, like I said, it, it's all about adaptability and, and it's all about staying relevant, making yourself relevant. And you need to do within reason, without compromising your standards and your morals and your ethics, you need to, to, to do that. And so, so that, that's what I've decided to do. Um, also it allows me to vent to some degree because a lot of the things you see me doing on social media is just my way of dumping the stress that comes with this industry and a lot of the characters that i might portray on social media which i've really i decided not to do that as much anymore because it's just such a hit or miss thing and it takes a lot of time effort and energy to do it but those are real people yeah we understand that yeah, yeah and those, we, those we, are that, that's a real I didn't just like pop that out of my brain somewhere. That's that's life. I, I notice how often you post uh, your vacation videos, and we never see those. <laughs> I haven't taken a vacation in twelve years. I think I've probably could have yeah put that together. Yeah, it's like I haven't taken a vacation. Even when I'm on a vacation, I'm not on a vacation. Most you social know? media stars at least post vacation stuff. And that's when I know that it's not about any of that for you. It's, yeah, you're very business. Well, you may see also, the, the lenders, but it's still not a vacation. You're working and it takes time and energy to make those videos. Yeah. yeah but also something that I think is extremely relevant to what you're saying is that, you know, your personal life and your business life need to stay separate. 
Yeah. I, there's no reason for anybody to know anything about me or my personal life when it comes to social media. My 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 media pages are business pages, not personal pages, and uh, I don't find it um, advantageous to post anything about my personal life. Uh, although I'm about to be a hypocrite, uh, the next video I have coming out on YouTube <laughs> is about my personal life to some degree. Uh, but it doesn't involve my family. It doesn't involve my friends. It doesn't involve involve people around me. Just me personally. And you are just the business to, still, so yeah, we know that. Um, I would say so. I, you know, one of the things is I have a really great team. Uh, a lot of people uh, on social media. So just to give you an idea about the social media, you know, I think I have somewhere around fifty six thousand followers on Instagram, uh, on TikTok, somewhere around the same. You know, but I could care less about TikTok. I put minimal effort into TikTok because I think t TikTok is one of those things that it's here today, gone tomorrow. I don't find it to be uh, something that's going to stand the test of time. You know, it's like it's like new new music that comes out. It's good for a week. And then after that, nobody cares about it anymore. Uh, I think TikTok has a similar thing going on to it. Also, uh, one of the things that I think is extremely relevant is that Instagram, in my opinion, does stand the test of time. And I think Instagram will be one of those things that moves itself forward. But anyway, my point was, is that I have around 56,000 followers. But if I didn't block any of the people that um, I blocked, uh, I probably have around 75,000 followers. Wow. So I probably blocked around 20,000 people on Instagram, which is something that I wish I could teach the younger people. It's not a numbers game. You know, your your 55,000 people could be way more valuable than 300. Just depends on who those what those numbers are, you know. So we've yeah. blocked a, a very, very large amount of people. I actually have someone that uh, goes through the follower list and blocks people who shouldn't be there or bots or spam or other, you know, wholesalers that are trying to poach my business. Um, people who, it, again, it's the thing about social media is that it's mine. And I can do whatever I please with it. I'm, I'm not there to appease anybody. I don't have to cater to anybody. And so if someone brings even the slightest bit of negativity into my social media, you're gone instantly. I don't care if you bought $100,000 worth of stuff for me. If you decide to inject your own negativity into my into my media, you're, I'm blocking you. Yeah. Which is not something you're going to find very commonly. Yeah. I don't think we've... Also, don't play the game. Right. I mean, uh, there's a there's a game. Social media mm -hmm. is a game. And mm -hmm. if I played the game on social media, I, w I wouldn't lose the amount of followers that we lose. And I would also probably have around 200,000 followers if I decided to play the game. Yeah, I think that's what gets frustrating with social media is playing the game. And they're always trying to get you to create a trend based on, you know, the influencers. Yeah. Well, that's what social media is. Social media is something has a little bit of success and then somebody else who's less creative copies that. And it's it's a roller coaster uh, in the direction of people not really being creative, but want to be creative content makers. So, right. So so that's really what it is. And, I, and uh, again, nobody really sees the backside of it. But I can tell you, if I do something on social media, you better believe there's a thousand people copying whatever I'm doing. You know, I, I don't really watch much social media. I don't engage in much social media because I don't want to be influenced by what other people are doing. I want to stay genuine and authentic to me and to myself and not be like, because through the things that trend on social media, that stuff is so easy to replicate. So yes. easy to do. 
It, I could I could hire a kid to do that, and they could do that all day, and it's super easy. But 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 then that's not really representing who I am. On that topic, um, for someone that's first starting out in the crystal business, um, in the mineral business, um, what can they do to be different or be unique? What are some um, tips you have to kind of stand out in the current trends? I have many different answers to that question. Right now, the crystal industry is largely built off of Chinese dealers. Um, I'm trying to, you know, be as, I don't know, as well-rounded in my speech as I can here because people take what I'm saying the wrong way a lot of the times and think that I have something against the Chinese or the Indonesians or the Indians or the Pakistanis or what I have nothing against. And if you're trying to feed your family, all, I'm all for it. You know, you have to do what you need to do to feed your family. That's first and foremost. My issue is when you are using children, the child slave labor, uh, or when you are using slave labor in general, or when you're trying to steal business or do things dishonestly. And I'm a recipient of that. People are trying to steal food out of my mouth. I, I have food going into my mouth and people are trying to grab it as it's going in my mouth. And the way I grew up, you don't take food out of somebody's mouth. That's a big no-no. And But that's their practice and that's how they do things. And that's my problem with it. Not, not that I care. You could be from wherever you are, whoever you are. It means nothing to me. What means something to me is that you lack morals and standards and ethics. And oh, it's okay. You, you can lack morals and standards and ethics. Just stay the hell away from me. But they won't do it. They want they want they want to surround me like vultures. And and that's the way that I look at it. They're vultures and they have no standards, no morals, no ethics, no care about anything other than how do I make a dollar? And that really bothers me. That really bothers me. How how do you survive in this? How do you grow and survive and create something new in this industry? At this point, it's almost impossible, quite honestly, because there's just too many vultures. You, they, they, the vultures won't allow you to get a piece of the meat. They just won't. Mm. And and that's what my battle is. That's that's what my life is at this point. Is it's a battle to hold on to what's mine as the vultures just pick at me. And that's the truth. How do you feel about? Well, I guess what's your opinion on um, like lab made. Um, like diamonds and crystals and things like that. Do you feel like that has an effect on the industry or? I, I think as long as you're being transparent about what it is, I don't see a problem with it. Okay. I think the problem is, is when people lie. When they lie and say, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, this is a this real is thing. To be real. Yeah. yeah. I think misinformation and disinformation is a real problem in the industry as well. And yeah. The reason that we see the misinformation and the disinformation gaining so much momentum and speed is because the young people don't feel the need to do their diligence. They don't want to do the legwork. They they take the first thing that they hear and they just run with it. Mm. And they pass it on to all of their followers. And then their followers pass it on to their followers. And we're in this snowball effect of disinformation and misinformation. Listen, I've been wrong in the past. There's, I'm not a perfect person, but I, I've been wrong. And when I'm wrong, I'll come and say I was wrong. Speaking of legwork, what is your best or one of your favorite memories? I know you probably have a lot of like one of your first times going actually into the mines since even 
from the mines, of course, to go back to the name of the, the company, your first time going into the mines and what was the first crystal or mineral that, you know, you have that experience with and what are a few of them that like when you went into to find this in particular one, it was your first time maybe learning about the crystal or being in that in particular mine or seeing it this big or what are some? Uh, of Utah Lace Opal. Utah Lace Opal, which Lace was Opal. A, a, a mine that uh, was claimed by a gentleman's name was Larry. Actually, there's a video on YouTube about me going into this mine with Larry and he strips down into his underwear and gets a pistol and comes to bed. I went up sleeping in the bed with this dude in his underwear with a pistol. I thought it was like some deliverance stuff was about to happen to me. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 is, that, that, is, that is my strongest uh, memory is Utah Lace Opal. Not a common thing, not a popular thing. Beautiful, beautiful stone. Uh, but uh, I was the first person to ever go to that mine outside of Larry. He invited me there. Uh, you know, Larry was a little bit older. He wasn't able to do the because he was digging with a shovel and a pickaxe like a lunatic. Um, and so I was like, Larry, I'll go with you uh, and I'll help you. And what my, my pay was is that whatever I could fit in my backpack, he let me take home. <clears throat> that was my first, uh, and that was probably around 11, 12 years ago. The first time I actually like mined something myself. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference. When I first got into the industry, uh, I met this guy's name was Agate Mike, and Agate Mike would mine uh, fire agates, uh, U.S. local fire agates. And Mike told, I asked Mike, my favorite question to ask somebody is, if you have one piece of advice to give me, what would it be? Right. That's my favorite question to ask somebody, because you can expedite your process so rapidly by just asking that question and then listening to the answer of that question and taking it and digesting it. You could save yourself five, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And Agate Mike told me, mind the miner. That was his advice to me. And that's what I did. I decided to not like go in the direction of mining it myself. And I found miners and I partnered with them. And that that that's 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 what from the mines really was was me going to mines and partnering with whoever was mining the mine. And that is probably the smartest thing. You Now, I don't know if that's really a doable thing. But at the time, my timing was perfect. Like, really, my timing was impeccable. Uh, because when I got into this industry, the, the standard practice was cheap manufacturing. Right. That that the, the Chinese and a lot of the, the bigger wholesalers that were in bed with the Chinese they had a, a stronghold on the industry. There was no room to get in. And so I decided to stay on the outside of all of that, not go super cheap and Chinese manufactured material. I, I decided to try to go higher end and uh, target higher end clients because quite honestly, and uh, again, I don't want to sound uh, disrespectful to anybody in the industry, but when I got into this industry, there was really no business people in the industry. Most of the people who were in the industry, especially the big guys who were making millions of dollars at the time, they weren't really business people. They, they just had a corner of the market. You know, they, they, they were there first is, is, is the way I would explain it. But they weren't really thinking uh, in, in a way that a businessman would think. And so I had that advantage. I had that leg up because I came in with a very sharp uh, mind. 
for the industry and for what was going on in it. And, and I also saw that there was a lot of untapped potential. And that's what I went after. I stayed in my own. I stayed away from all those guys, because if, if I would have gotten on those guys radar, they would have destroyed me. And going back to that question that you asked me about new crystal shops and how do you separate yourself? Because I'm still thinking, I'm still processing that question um, because I, I would love to have a good answer for it. Unfortunately, I, I really don't. But I think that the one thing that would definitely be lucrative is, number one, do your legwork. I think that there's so few people who do legwork that if you do real legwork and you actually know what you're talking about and you have a genuine narrative, I think that might separate you from the pack. I think it's one of the reasons why I'm still relevant in this industry yeah. is because of, of the legwork. Uh, I, I think that if I didn't have the legwork, if, if I wasn't looked at as an authority to some degree, uh, I, I think I would have been long gone by now. When you say the legwork specifically, what do you mean by that? Meaning knowing your product, okay. really yeah. knowing your, and then caring about your product too. Mm. And then knowing your client and then really caring about your client and not just playing whatever game you think you need to play in order to be successful. Cause that's short lived. What percentage of um, crystal dealers would you say actually may have experience in like actually going into a mine or seeing a mine or pulling a crystal from the earth itself. Well, you have your rock hounds and we'll leave them out of the equation because there's endless amounts of rock hounds, right? There's endless amounts of people going out and finding their own rocks. I mean, you could literally just walk into the desert and just start picking up rocks off the ground and you're a rock hound. Yeah. But if, if I understand what you're asking me, I think that the answer to that question is very, very few, but Everybody is very quick to say to wave that flag around and use that narrative. Oh, I own a mine. Uh, I go to the mines directly. Uh, that's that's pretty much a common narrative, not a true one, but a common one. I would say that one percent, mm. one out of a hundred, and that's generous. Actually, probably not one out of probably one out of a thousand. Maybe, maybe, maybe one out of 10,000. I don't think I, I, it's, it's very low. It's a very low number because when I, when I first started going to mines, uh, no one had ever seen an American before. I, I'm, I'm usually the first American that most people have met. Mm. Um, it was interesting up to that point because everybody that I'd ran into told me that they were going to those mines that I actually went to. And when I got there, the miners had never met an American before. So it's like, how do these people go to these mines? They but I'm the first American that they ever met. Uh, also, they were extremely intrigued by the level of, um, am I allowed to curse here? Yeah. Yeah. To, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think that they were intrigued by the amount of balls that I had. Mm -hmm. Because I think that most people outside of America, especially in South America, where minerals are abundant, uh, they think of Americans as like, you know, mcdonald's eating lazy sacks of shit uh which is not far from the truth quite honestly right yeah. i mean yeah. in america i mean i've been all over the world and i mean that when i say i've been all over the world i've been all over the world i've been to the underbellies of countries i've been to the worst of the worst place places i had no business being uh i've been there and i went back to those places too after being there the first time and being like this was the stupidest thing i could have ever done 
Um, but at that time, I was by right. myself. I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. I didn't have like employees. I, I didn't have the responsibilities that I have now. And I was also, uh, I'm still crazy, but back then I was quite crazy. And uh, again, when I would meet these people, they were so shocked that I brought myself to those places. So I would say that uh, the chances of you running into somebody who's done kind of something similar to what I did, I don't, I don't know anybody. So did you, your first um, mining contract, like, did you just go there? Did you have a network? um a reference or something or did you just go there and start talking to mines or how did that well go? Uh, before i got into this industry i had a little bit of an advantage because i did non-profit work so i okay. was traveling to a lot of places uh and just for the sake of making it simple we'll say missionary style work right yeah and so i was already going to places that were kind of you know off the radar anyway so I had that under my under my belt already, where I was kind of going and and uh, and and genuinely caring and putting myself second uh, second next to the caring. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when I uh, my first my, my first mining kind just to, just to explain what a mining contract really means, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're dealing with somebody outside of the U.S., there is no contract. It's just mm-hmm. a term that we use. There's no formal contract. There's nothing legally binding any kind of agreement whatsoever it's it's more of a spit in your hand and handshake (laughs) that's what it is and and usually the people that you're dealing with are those people their word is more important than money uh and i also believe that i'm that kind of person as well where my word means more to me than money does um so the first mind that i actually i i took myself to brazil and when i was at brazil i had been working a manufacturer in Brazil. They they mined and they and that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to be that guy too. Like I want to be the kind of person that gets my material manuf. I want to do all of it. I want all of it under my umbrella so that I can make sure that it's done the way that I want it done. And uh, when I when I got to the first time I went to Brazil, uh, I told the company I, I I was like I want to go to the amethyst mines, and they were like, not a good idea. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't really care if you think it's a good idea. I, I want to go. I'm here to go. Um, anyway, they let me go. Long story, long story short, I wind up going there um, in a pickup truck with some guy. Also, you can see the video. I, I made a story about it in a YouTube video. Okay. Uh, and I, I get myself to the mine. And anyway, long story short, the way that that mine is operating at the time is they're kind of just a for sale mine, meaning that you could show up there and buy material from them. It doesn't matter who, what, when, where, why, and how. If they have the material and you show up, you can buy it. There is no contract. There was no agreement with any one particular person. And the largest amount of people who were showing up to the mines were the Chinese. And uh, again, I, I saw a comment on a YouTube video that really bothered me a lot, which is someone said, I hate the Chinese. Um, I do not yeah, hate I the hate Chinese. That. And that was a comment that really got under my skin, quite honestly, because I never said that, nor am I implying that. What I'm implying is that, number one, that's my competitor. The Chinese com- companies are my competitors, number one. Uh, and number two, uh, they don't care that literally as I'm putting food in my mouth, they're grabbing it out of my mouth. Yeah. So they've already took the gloves off. 
It's already, they already yeah, it's, they it's already, business. Yeah. They already took the gloves off, right? I didn't take the gloves off first. They did. And so I was like, okay, the gloves are off. The gloves are off then. Let's, 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 let's do it that way. Um, but when I got there, one of the things that I learned was that um, a lot of the Chinese manufacturers and distributors don't pay their bills. Mm-hmm. So the way that it works is that, you know, whoever this, this gentleman shows up to the, uh, to the mine, hey, this is my company. Um, again, I don't want to get too deep into this because we don't have a tremendous amount of time. But uh, you, when you're dealing with international business, you usually have what's called an intermediary bank. And the intermediary bank takes money from one country, it, you know, transfers it over to another. Anyway, long story short, most of the people who were buying directly from the mines, they would give a deposit. They would say, once it's FOB, we'll send you the rest of your money. FOB means that now it's transferred hands from the seller to the buyer. Now it belongs to the buyer. And once that happens, the people, poof, disappear. And then the, they just start a new company and get a new representative and just re- repeat that cycle. So a lot of the miners were very frustrated because that's what was happening to them. They were giving out their material and not getting paid for it. One of the things that I've tried to explain to people for so long is that, you know, when you look at the beaded bracelets that are on the market, right, the the crystal bead bracelets, yeah, in China, you can buy those things for 80 cents a pop. 80 cents. That is impossible. I know because I manufacture them. It's impossible. There is no way you're, number one, going to buy buy the rough material. Bring that rough material from point A to point B. Cut that material down. Facet that material. Polish that material. Drill that material. Strand that material. And then sell it at a profit. It's impossible possible there's only one way you can do that there's only one way there's only one way there's no real legitimate way to do that i don't care what country you're in oh the, the cost is no it's, it's not about the cost it's about the process the process does not and they're selling it for 80 cents to you you could buy you guys right now could buy braces from china for 80 cents a pop so what does it cost them to make it? I don't know what it, what the actual cost is for them, but they're selling it at 80 cents. They're not, it didn't cost them 75 cents. They're not making five cents. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming it cost them around 50 cents to 45 cents to make it. It's impossible. Yeah, I agree. It's impossible. You know, so that's kind of where I started. And it was really easy for me to get the mining contract because I was the only one showing up outside of people who didn't pay their bills. And what I told the miners was, is, hey, how much material you got? Oh, we have 10 tons of material. OK, what's the price per kilogram? Oh, the price per kilogram is dot, dot, dot. OK, how about this? Here's the money for it right now. Send it to me. And I paid people up front before they even shipped the material. And that's how I got the contracts. It's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. You, do you think um, that some of your experience, I remember we haven't mentioned it on this show, but um, I know as far as from watching the videos, your experience with Reiki, you think that helped with as far as the understanding of having a good heart or even energy or just operating with people and being honest? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, I don't consider myself to be a good person. I, I don't. I don't. I don't look at myself and say, "Oh, you're, you know, I'm a good person." Uh, I'm more focused on the missteps than I am the good stuff. Um, you know, I was a poker player for many years, and I don't know if you ever played poker or not, but you never, you never remember the hands you win. You remember the hands you lost. 
And, and, and my life is like that. I, I remember the hands that I, that I lost and those are the things that eat me up. So I wouldn't say I'm a good person. Uh, but what I would say is that I, I, I'm an intelligent person is what I would say. And coming from a place of intelligence, I, I'd rather rule. And also I'm a, I'm a gambler, uh, not in the literal sense, but I, 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 I'm, I'm a risk. I'm a high risk taker. And you gotta, you gotta risk big to win big. Right. Uh, you don't meet a lot of people that will, especially in 2023, when, you know, accountability is something that people will throw out of the window that a person that will say, I don't feel like I'm a good person, but you know, you put off a good energy as you're a little better than what we're dealing with out here. The people that are doing the thing that are probably snatching the food out of your mouth would still say, I'm a good person. You know, a good person will <laughs> never say they're a good person. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say I am a good person. I, I, I don't know. I'm no Mother Teresa. Um, but what I will say is that I'm an intelligent person. And let's just say, let's just roll, let's just switch lanes for a second. Let's just, let's just, let's play this game. So we're here on this earth for God willing, a hundred years, right? You get, a, you get a good hundred year run here or something like that. It's like that. Hundred years is 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 in and out like that. But let's yeah. just say that at the end of that hundred years, you got to meet your maker. Let's just say, you know, whether you believe it or you don't is irrelevant because if, if you show up and you meet your maker at the end of the day, the creator is going to say, what did you do while you were there? What did you do? Oh, I spent my time lying, stealing, cheating, manipulating, hurting other people just so I could gain while in my 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 blink of an eye time as a human being. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not advantageous. It's not lucrative. So you're better off not doing the wrong thing because the repercussions of doing the wrong thing uh, have way more weight than, than what you would gain from it in this world. And that's just my, my personal opinion. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in Reiki or energy healing or anything like that. I was an energy healer for many years and why I stopped doing that was because I started to realize, okay, the facilitator of the healing is the individual themselves, not me. I can act as a channel for some sort of uh, life particle energy or some sort of vibration that helps that person, but it's an aspirin. The only way you heal yourself is to fix the problem that's causing the illness in the first place, whether it's mental, emotional, spiritual, or, or physical. Whatever the illness is, it's there because either you have karma or you're doing something that's causing it. And if you don't change that thing, there is no healing. Healing is a process. He, he, the word healing means process. Being healed is the result, is, is, is the effect. But the cause is completely different. You have the cause, you have the effect, and then you have the process in between. And healing is the process in between. I might be able to act as a facilitator. I might be able to give you good advice. The thing that I probably did that had the most value during my time as an energy worker uh, would be giving people good advice. That's probably the best healing that I did at that time. And I, I don't I don't mean any offense to anybody who's out there practicing Reiki and thinks that they're, you know, changing the world with that. Uh, but I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. God. And, 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 and if you if you believe in God, then all you need is just one good conversation with God from your heart and job is done. I understand. You, that. Don't, you don't need to spend thousands of dollars on someone waving their hands around you. And you just need to have an honest conversation with your maker. 
Right. And you need to say, listen, I'm going to change. And then you need to change. Yeah. I know. I, ha- I had a really rare cancer two years ago. I had a really rare cancer in my head. I got olfactory neuroblastoma, which is a cancer in your olfactory nerve, your smell nerves. Mm. It's interesting because I never stopped to smell the roses. And then I got cancer in my olfactory nerves and I lost my, I can't smell a thing. You could put gasoline under my nose. I couldn't smell it. And in the process of going through that, while it was the worst thing ever, and God forbid a million times, anybody needs to go through anything like that, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Why would you say that? Because it completely and utterly brought me to my knees, humbled me, showed me humility that I didn't even know existed. And it also showed me that things could be, in, you just don't, you could walk out of the house today, God forbid, and that's it, it's over. So what's the point of doing bad things and being dishonest and hurting people and manipulating and lying and cheating and stealing when it could be over in the blink of an eye? And then you go, then you go wherever you go, and then the, the creator's like, dude, you're not coming in here that would be bad news was it was it what whatever you did on earth was it worth it i'm guaranteeing you i don't care who you are you're gonna say no wasn't worth it so playing life is a game and you know if you want to play the game correctly and you want to win you know there's many people in life you know there you got the people who don't even know they're playing right that's that's the the the, that's the the scariest part yeah that the largest percentage of people that exist in the world don't even know they're playing. The second have an idea that they're playing, but they're just not well. They're they're lazy. So they're like, you know what? I don't know for a fact, and the effort that it takes to actually play this game, uh, whatever. We'll see what happens. You know that that and and that's passive, right? That's that's a, that's a passive mentality. And then you have people who are playing the game, but they're not playing to win. And then you have people who are playing to win. And that's the kind of person that I want to be. That's who I want my children to be. I want them to know you're playing to win. Otherwise, don't play at all. Just be the worst. <laughs> but yeah, as, as a good parent, we would definitely prefer you to, to play the game and, and give it a try and give it a shot. But the thing I, is, if you're, if you're playing the game, why would you not play to win? It's a big question. I even I come across a lot of people out here in L.A., yeah, it's one of the, the biggest realities, but, you know, I'm here to play the game. and uh, like Too said, much work. It's easier to be passive, I think. Yeah. A lot of people have no idea that the game is, that they're even in the game. Yeah. And, no. I mean, yeah. one of the things, I, I think that the time I spent as an energy worker wasn't for me to help anybody. It was for me to gain perspective. And to actually realize, like, oh, okay, there are demons. There are everywhere. There's demons everywhere. And again, that's a super speculative thing to say. It's not something that I typically talk about ever, but it's you true. better believe it. It's very true. You, you know, they're everywhere. And this this place is is loaded with them. Yes. And and you know, they're playing. The devil, <laughs> the devil, the devil got the dice in his hand right now. Yeah, they, yeah. Devil is playing 24 7, 365, no rest, no sleep. The devil doesn't stop. And the only way you can play to win is you got to be the same kind of animal. That's the only way to play. You got to be the same kind of animal, no matter what. You know, how many mornings I wake up and I'm just like, I'm on the verge of just like, whatever. 
And we all, it's all happening. I don't care who you are. Gandhi woke up in the morning. The Dalai Lama wakes up in the morning and is like, I'm not into it today. But guess what? That he, he, okay, yes, I'm not into it, but I'm, I'm playing. I'm here. I have to play to win. So it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter how people all the time are saying, oh, you need to take a break. You need to relax. You know how many times people tell me to take a break? Oh, you should take a break. You need a vacation. You need to relax. No, you need to work harder. Yeah. And it's inspiring to understand take. that. That's yeah. that's my take on it. I wish I could. I wish I could. Uh, you know, hammer that harder into the younger generation. But it's uh, we live in a time where everyone is extremely sensitive. Yeah. You know the sensitivity that people are, and and guess where that sensitivity is coming from? Does it does it benefit anybody? Does that level of sensitivity and thin-skinned mentality, does that benefit anybody? The answer is no. So where is it coming from? Who Who's implementing this, this narrative? The it's, devil. <laughs> society yeah. is, is definitely catering to it. It's not, the thing is, is it's not society. It's the devil. It's the, the devil the pulling day, the strings yeah. of society. And then people look at society and say, oh, this is what we're doing now. So I might as well do this, too. Yeah. And society is the victim. Society is the victim, the tragic victim. Just my opinion. I know you got me We've on seen... here to talk about rocks. <laughs> well, well, no, actually, no, we wanted to talk to Chris. Honestly, <laughs> we, we came to talk to Chris, you know, and thank you. People ask, you know, about the podcast and you guys talk about your crystals on the podcast. It's like, actually, we don't really have too many episodes where we've talked about, you know, set and just focused and focused on crystals. So a lot of times when we have someone come on, we want to learn about you. And like I said, it's educational as well. So we're here to learn everything that, that you're, you know, teaching us. Just like those little, those excellent little, those big gems that you're dropping, you know, just about the reality of things. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. that. I, I think that what I see the most in the world right now is a tremendous amount of, of unfounded ego. If I can, if I can use that terminology is unfounded ego, right? Everybody wants to talk about who's this bigger, right? Oh, I do this. I did this. I did that. I do this. I do this. I'm the first one ever to do this thing. I'm so great. I'm so special. I'm so magical. And that's nice that you appreciate yourself in that, in that regard. But the people who are bent on talking about all the good things that they do and how special they are, are very far from it. Because people who are driven in the direction, if you got to climb a mountain, Right. If you need to climb a mountain and you make it 100 feet up and you every 100 feet, you stop and hey, everybody, I made it 100 feet up. I'm, uh, I'm very accomplished. You're never going to get to the top. Just shut up and just keep climbing. Just shut up and climb. No, no, it doesn't matter what you do here in this world is. A thousand years ago. The guy, the guy who was finding crystals a thousand years ago and selling it, where, who, who even knows about, who even thinks about it? It doesn't matter because you're, you're here and you're playing a game. And, and that's the end of the story. It's not for you to, you know, in my, in my business, one of the things that really started to kind of irk me after a while was people would walk in 
uh, clients would walk in and one of the first things out of their mouth is, oh, I'm this, I'm, a, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a healer, uh, I speak to the angels, a spirit led me here by my toes. You know, what, whatever narrative someone was provoking was usually the first thing out of their mouth. And I, and I it started to really like irk me. If, if you're a healer, if, if you're working for God, people who work for God, they're not walking around telling the, the, the demons and the devil, hey, I work for God. <laughs> you're a target now. Yeah. That's a silly thing to do. But again, that's how you separate the real ones from the ones who are not real. The, the real ones stay in their own lane and look, you can look at these bags under my eyes. <laughs> look at that. Look at this. What is this? That, that, that's, that's, that's the look of somebody who doesn't stop. Yeah. That's what it is. You know, you can't stop. Devil's got the dice in his hand 24 seven. And what is even for, for you have some, I guess um, young people, I come across a lot of young people that they're not the happiest with what's going on out there. What are some of the ways that you, you know, you dig? When you see what's people? going on out there, what does that mean? As far as even just from friends, I've listened to college graduate or some, some college students talk about, you know, how their friends have just changed with the graduation season. And it's like, everybody's become so fake and, you know, they don't like how this is going. Remember I'm out here in LA. So we're, it's kind of looking at the Hollywood deal with the, you know, the transition of what's kind of taking place with Hollywood, all the Kardashians that are, you know, transforming even the, the, some of the males that are, you know, his dad bought a, a, a house out here on the beach and now he's acting this way from a high school or even a young point of view with dealing with how things are changing and how youngsters are starting to see society even when coming from after what happened with um with the vaccines and everything with COVID, I've talked to some people that they don't even they've kind of forgotten about that or even just the whole transition of how things change. What are some of the the key points? I guess you you've given a lot of that as well as far as just to bite down and have some grit and keep going. But what are some of the things that you can look forward to? Whether it's just a sunny day or you know some of the what are the most positive things? about life that really gets you to keep going when you definitely have waken up to see that, you know, a lot of stuff out here is just children. horrible. Children? children. Okay. Your children, not your children, the children, the children, mm. the children in general. Mm. If that doesn't motivate you to, I mean, it's, it's the children. It's, it's hoping that in some way, on the slightest plane, even if it's just a hair's worth, that you have a, a positive impact on the children, then it's all worth it. Whatever, whatever sacrifices you're making, it, it, if it benefits the children, even in the slightest of degrees, it's worth doing. Regardless of the cost to yourself. Because that's what we're here for. We already lived that life. We already were the children. Now it's our job to take care of the children. Unfortunately, the world we live in, you know, you, you got you got kids throwing birthday, it's birthday cake at their parents and telling their parents to shut up. And the parents are just like, you need to smack the shit out of that kid. 
That's the best thing you can do. They don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. I don't care who's watching. Take me to jail if you have to. I'm going to smack the shit out of my kid that does something like that. But we don't live in that world. And that's the big problem. The big problem is that we're, we're, we're piggybacking off generations where abuse was the, sto- was the standard, the norm, right? I, I grew up in a home, uh, I don't, again, like, I don't want to get into the depth of, my father grew up in a home of abuse. My grandfather grew up in a home of abuse. My great-grandfather, I grew up in a home of abuse. And then when you grow up in abuse, eventually the, the, the line stops somewhere and you're like, okay, I'm going to be the end of this abuse. Uh, but what happens to most people is they go in the opposite direction. Uh-huh. And it's, and it, it's not, it, there's a difference between discipline and abuse. We live in a world right now where people want nothing to do with either of those things. No discipline. No, no discipline happening. Well, that, and that, that's why people get away with the things that they get away with now. You know, one of the things that I, that I, I prefer to talk about on my own personal time I'm not the type of person you're going to sit down and talk to me about the weather and, you know, what's going on in sports and I could care less. I'm going to look at you in the face and tell you I really don't even want to hear this conversation. But if you really want to talk, talk, if you really want to shop it, the thing that I think uh, is the most harmful and damaging is the parenting. Mm. We're all a reflection of the previous generation. And somewhere along the lines, people just stop being tough with their kids and just spoiled the children. People are spoiled. That's the problem. You know, COVID, the, 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 the pandemic, right? So just, just to touch on that real quick, the pandemic essentially was the government and the government-funded agencies telling us there is a disease out. It's on the loose. It's rampant. If you get it, you're going to viciously die alone in a hospital and you might kill everybody else in your house. That was the narrative they painted for us. It definitely was. Very clearly. Very clear. If you get this, you're going to die alone, hooked up to a ventilator. It's going to be terrible news. And you're probably going to kill all your family members in the process. Right. That was the narrative. They definitely. Yeah. Um, And so what happened was is then comes along and they say, "Okay, you know what? It's going to be two weeks. Everyone's going to stay home. And then two weeks turned into a month, a month turned into three, three into a year, et cetera, right? And then, oh, we have this magic vaccine. I got the vaccines. I got both of them. So I'm not I'm not an anti, anti-vaxxer, right? I, I have also, I, I was forced to, to do it. If I didn't get the vaccines, I wasn't able to travel. Right. So I got, I, I wasn't able to go to places that I needed to go to. So I'm like, whatever, put that shit in me, whatever, whatever that shit is that you got, put it in me. So I, I got both vaccines. So I'm, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but it just was really interesting to me that they, in a very short, they already had the vaccine before COVID even came out. They already had a vaccine. Please, yeah. don't, at least don't pretend that we're all just idiots, right? But they bank on the fact that ninety-eight percent of us don't want to do the legwork. You know, so all of this was to, everything that's happened in the last fifty years is to j- gradually make us lazy. Convenience, 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 laziness, convenience, laziness, endless amounts of it just being shoved down our gullets. And 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 finally they were like, okay, these idiots are lazy enough that we can issue we this can narrative this now. So let's release a lab created uh virus. Flu. Right. Let's release this thing into the public. 
whoever did it, I don't know, we, we don't know, we'll probably never know, but let's release it. They already had the vaccine ready to go. The vaccine didn't do shit. I got COVID twice after I got the vaccine. I didn't have COVID. I I, I didn't have COVID. And I was, I never, I didn't spend one day at home, not one. Mm. As soon as I saw them come out and say, stay home, I was like, nah. I didn't spend one day at home, not one. I actually moved out of my house, my ch- away from my wife and my children. I moved out of my house because I was like, well, let's just say that it's true. And I do get COVID while I'm out there. And then I, God forbid, give it to everybody in my house. I wasn't willing to roll those dice. So I moved out of my house and I spent six months away from my family. I didn't see my children for six months because wow. I was concerned that I would give them COVID. Wow. Um, that I would catch, but, but guess what? I never even got COVID, and I was out in the world. I was in the shopping markets. I was on the streets. I was. I. I, I gave zero shits yeah. about it. Like, I'm not going to let this dictate. If if I let this take over my life, I'm going to lose my business. Mm-hmm. On Which our YouTube so channel, many, so many people. Yeah, on our YouTube channel, the government did was they came along and they were like, "Okay, everybody, go on unemployment, and while you're on employment, we'll give you all six hundred bucks each, <laughs> extra a week." Which means don't go back. Don't nobody go back to work because you're going to get paid $600 more a week to not go to work. In LA. Now that what do you, what picture were they painting there? It was a, a, a hideous illusion. It was a very hideous illusion. Even just being here in downtown LA, we saw the effect and yeah, we started our, our bear right. Um, finding career. In 2020 and we were surprised that nobody was out looking for it because everybody was Good, better for you <laughs> everybody was scared at home we didn't think it would it would be like we thought at least the cliff sides that but, would be but scared at home for a reason you know i, I again like i said yeah it, they 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 painted this picture beautifully i had a high school student um ask me you know what happened to it you know, is it, you know, you notice that it just kind of went away. How, you know, what happened? It's like, I, I don't know how to explain that to you. It's very easy. <laughs> the government did it to us to take away our rights. <laughs> but to think they won't even remember that it didn't. None of that occurred. It's such a phase and blur in their life. Like three, even just like from now, it. I realize how much of a blur that experience was for people. And they've really kind of put it behind them. Some, some people weren't educated to look into it, how we're able to look into basically the bullshit that was shoved down our throat during that time. And yeah. Well, well, again, to be completely fair, we don't really know for it. Like this is just opinion based stuff. I mean, again, if you just read in between the lines, it's pretty evident but at the same time, we don't really know the facts of all of it. We, we really don't. So, you know, to, to, to try to, to be absolute about it would, would be would be wild. But at the same time, it does. The proof is in the pudding, you know. Um, and I, I, I really think that something that the young people need to really consider is that while there's an endless amount of social justice warriors out there, right, endless amounts, all of these narratives uh, that are being portrayed and shoved down the gullets of society. All of these people, do me a favor. What are your amend? What are the amendments? Let's w- tell me that you social justice no, warrior. Yeah. Do you even know what the rights are? 
Can you recite to me the Bill of Rights? Can you tell me what the amendments are? Because if you're going to be a social justice warrior, part of your legwork is to know that stuff. Yeah. Right? If you want to be a social justice warrior and you want to talk about rights and what you deserve and what you should have and what you should, then you better be able to recite me the Declaration of Independence and and your Bill of Rights and, and the amendments. You need to know that stuff. Otherwise, you're not a social justice warrior. You're just an idiot. Yeah. But you're just, you're just talking out of your butt. We're outnumbered by them now. <laughs> And that's how they take it as far as, well, we don't that's have to listen to the, the truth. Power that be. Yeah. The powers that be. That's that's what they've been working towards. Yeah. Anybody who came out who really pushed against it, guess what? Yeah. They got assassinated. Yeah. We actually have a um we had a doctor come on and had a, a conversation with us about it and we couldn't it didn't make YouTube. We had to pull it down. And I was actually going to say like for that. YouTube purposes, these are just our opinions. These are not facts. Yeah. Sorry, I had to put a disclaimer <laughs> out there before thing. this video yeah. gets taken down. But I, also, I also said the same thing, right? This is not yeah. absolute information. This is yeah. just opinion. Yeah. And this is uh, just, it's opinion. Yeah. It, it, but, it, but it's, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot to read between the lines here and to see that, I mean, again, I, I didn't know I was going to go this deep into this conversation, but um, but we'll, it, it, it 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 all boils down to the devil. Gotcha. Whether you believe, yeah. just because you don't, you know, something I say yeah. to people all the time, just because you don't believe in the devil doesn't make them less real. Yeah. And the devil is pulling the strings behind all of this because yeah. he wants people to suffer the way that he suffers. And that's it. That's the big picture. If you want to paint the broad stroke, that's what it is. And it's our job as people who got half a brain on, on our shoulders to educate the young people and let them know this stuff. Unfortunately, there's so much stigma and dogma against talking like this. God, the devil, demons, you know, revelation, <laughs> all of this stuff. There's so much dogma around it. And who do you think made all the dogma around it? Uh -huh. the, yeah, the devil. <laughs> you think put all the pedophiles in the church? Yeah. Yeah. Recently, I've had to have these conversations and realizing I'm these words are demonized these days in in society, the devil yeah. and all of this stuff. But if you zoom out to the ma macro level, that's basically what it is. You know, he's working through yeah. millions of people, but it's just still at the same time when you zoom out, it's the same. Even the term conspiracy theorists, it's like they had to make that up to make it a negative thing. And it's like, yeah, conspiracy never, theorists never consider. Well, there themselves. are lunatics out there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, oh, there are definitely people out there with the tinfoil hats on. And those <laughs> yeah. people, you know, shouldn't have a platform because they just they just create more urgency around lunacy. But yeah. at the same time, truth you know, is truth. If you think about it from this perspective, We've worked ourselves into a corner where even talking about it, you sound like uh, like a crazy person. Yeah. If you start talking about God and the devil and you you automatically you're discrediting yourself as soon as you start talking about it mm -hmm. in the society that we live in. Yeah. This yeah. is stuff that you can't really talk about anymore because you discredit yourself because nobody believes in, in God anymore. You know, the, the, when you if you find somebody who really genuinely understands this kind of stuff, this concept, um, it's rare. It's rare. Yeah. 
you're not going to push your agenda on me. That's that's the world we live in now, you know, where everyone thinks everything is an agenda. But unfortunately for us as a civilization, as a group of people, as human beings, it's very simple. We only have one thing. We're only granted one thing. What is the one thing that we have? For me, it's life. life? <laughs> or I don't know. But that can be taken from you today. Yeah. Mm. Life is but not as your far choice. as other than that is freedom. Yeah. Freedom could be taken away from you today. Not your choice. But that's I got put that in the same as life. <laughs> your experiences. What I'm not sure. What is it? Yeah. Your choice. Mm. The only thing you have in life is your choices. Nothing else. Nothing else is granted to you but the choices that you make. Nothing else. Okay. Life is a series of choices. Yeah. Every second, the every results. moment is a choice, is a decision. Some people know they're making decisions. Some people, it's the same thing I said before. It's the same thing with the game we're playing. You know, some people don't, most people don't even know. But when you're aware that, oh, okay, my, the whole game that I'm in here, what I'm playing is really just a, a series of, of choices and decisions. Everything is decision making. When you know that, that everything is based around your decisions, it gives you such a humongous advantage. Because now you can consciously make decisions w without reactivity. While we're on that topic, we're going to moonwalk back to the crystal world. Have you ever sold a crystal that you regretted selling? Absolutely. Okay. I sold a piece of Moldavite about five years ago that was the size of a baseball. Wow. Mm. Never seen one that big. Yeah. That was, that was the worst. <laughs> that was yeah, the worst. Yeah, that's definitely a limited supply. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst. Yeah. I've done a lot. My, my, my brother is like, uh, kind of like my partner and my brother's tried to talk me out of many things. And that usually I didn't, I didn't, I don't listen very often. And, uh, I've done some things that were like regrettable. I would say less, more, more, more regrettable are things that I didn't do. Mm. I understand. I've had opportunities to do things that at the time I just didn't have the education to, to do them and uh i didn't and uh you know i missed out on some big opportunities that were presented to me because you know at one point in this before the pandemic uh i would say that before the pandemic i was probably i was up there as far as uh wholesalers go uh in the world I, I would say i was in the top three now i don't know about it anymore i just it's too much to even wrap my mind around but uh I would say, I would say that um, the biggest the biggest regrets that I would say that I that I have in 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 this industry were not really from the material. It was it would be from letting people shit on me. Mm. Because when you first get into business, you don't understand. You think the customer is always right, right? Let's just say that, or you don't really know how to do good business. So I would say that one of the things that really was my biggest mistake would be not doing what was best for me and the business, but what was better for other people at the times. And I think that's a huge lesson for business owners, because as a business owner, you compromise daily. You know, uh, you let people do things and say things and get away with stuff. Um, and then 
the thing is, is that when you don't, like when you when you run into a person, I'll give you a, just a, a, a brief example of a situation that happened several years ago. So several several years ago, uh, I had someone working for me. Um, they were African American, and we had a client in here, and uh, the client was being racist, straight up, being uh, not not okay. And so uh, the employee uh, initially started taking it into their own hands. I quickly saw that what was going on. I came and I told him, please go into another room. Just get, get go away. And I, ha and I handled the gentleman, but I handled him in, an, in a very rough way, uh, to say the least. I handled him in a very aggressive and very rough way. And uh, the backlash that I wound up getting from that uh, from him going into the industry and telling people lies about me and, and all of these other things cost me a, a, a penny. It cost me a pretty, a pretty penny. And that kind of stuff might lead you into a place where you say, okay, next time, maybe I won't be as aggressive or, but imagine I would let a customer get away with that. Imagine you let a customer come into your warehouse and do that to your employees. I mean, they're doing it to you. Right. If you do it to my employer, you're doing it to me. And so one of the things that I would say that even if you stick up for yourself or you do what's right for yourself and you get back backlash from it or, or it cost you something, do it again. Don't be scared to do it again. That's huge, huge, huge piece of advice. Huge piece of advice. I guess one more, I guess, um, to ask you for some advice. For people like us who have gotten spoiled with finding one in particular kind of crystal we've went to a couple of places but southern california barite what's your yeah. opinion on or your experience on with southern california barite so i mean we could have a conversation about this outside but i okay. i i so i i eventually i got to reading the initial email you had sent us right um I would say that the chances of you guys having large success, when, well, when I say large, not, not necessarily, you know, success necessarily like with the long-term thing, but just more of the crystal itself, the specimen quality of specimen. I would say that if the universe put you in charge of that thing, it's all up to you. Whatever you guys decide to do with it. that's what, that's, that was kind of what my point was going to be. That as as far as what comes from it and what happens, if you are the, the key holder, then it's all up to you. You are the one that's going to dictate and, and make that a real. It doesn't matter what I think or what I feel. It matters what you do with it. Okay. I, I, not, I don't even deserve to have an opinion on it. Well, I appreciate that part. And I take that. <laughs> what do I think about the mineral itself? I think it's very nice. And I like the fact that it's fluorescent. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a nice mineral. I have some very large pieces of, of barite, U.S. barite that are quite rare. Um, it, 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 it's, it's not, like I said, the reason why I decided to do this uh, was because I love the fact that you're doing what you do. I, I find it admirable. I find it respectable. And, uh, and, uh, and I wish that this industry was more about that. 
I, I, you know, like I said, you know how many, how many off, how many people are trying to get me on the, on the line, but yeah. they're all with the, you know, Rose Quartz is a stone of love, and let's talk about that, and let's talk about this, and and they're all buying stuff from China, and uh, they're all don't even know what they're talking about, and and again, that's why I've lost a lot of business. I've lost a lot of business because I won't play the game. I'm not going to sit there and smile in your face and tell you, yes, what you're saying sounds good when it doesn't. I just, it's not who I am. And the business wasn't like that before. That's why I was so successful uh, as opposed to now, uh, you know, I'm kind of like a dinosaur to some degree because I'm not willing to play the game. You know, but what you guys are doing is admirable and keep doing what you're doing. You will have success. Just just keep doing it. the more people tell you no the more that people say you're not going to have success you're not going to be able they're creating a bigger opening for you to have success universal law fact when other people say no when you say yes bingo i definitely I would i enjoy talking to people like you for me of course you know the crystal thing is there talking to people like you that's what i would love to have success with so even with you accepting this immediately that that was the success part for for us well i mean like i said i just give you when i first got into this industry uh there was a particular individual who was a big a big guy in the business uh he had some of the best material that was for sale and uh, I remember, you know, it took me two two years to get up the courage to go really like present myself to him and try to talk to him because at the end of the day, especially back then, you know, go back go back ten years ago, every, everyone looked at each other as competitors, right? Like yeah. even if you were a small fish in in the big pond, you were still a threat to people. But anyway, I remember I really admired this guy and I really liked this guy's whole situation and i was like one day man maybe i'll get there and and when i finally had the uh when i when i worked up the uh, the gumption to go and speak to this individual he told me to go fuck myself wow verbatim and i forgive me yeah. for cursing but that's what he yeah. told me wow. and i was like you know i, I mean i could have beaten the brakes off of him don't get me wrong <laughs> like I, I, and there's no way he was going to win that fight yeah. but <laughs> But I was I was so taken back, like it was so shocking and hurtful to me that I wasn't even angry. Yeah, you know, and and that's that's where we used to. We're still in that place. Don't get me wrong, we're still in that place. Just now, people won't won't say that. But yeah. you know, many people when I first got into the industry and I told them, "Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Why don't, why don't you partner with me? Why don't we?" Because I didn't at the time. I didn't have the the resources. I had the resourcefulness, but I didn't have the re the resources. So I was looking for resources. And man, there were a couple of people that if they would have, you know, tipped their hat to me and, and given me an in, I would have made their businesses 10 times more successful than what they are now. And even some of them are gone now. You know, but that's that's the point. The point is, is that we got to support each other. Like minded people, good people got to support each other. It doesn't matter what position you you take on the mountain. I, I if I even if I'm close to the top of the mountain, just the type of person that I believe that I am is that even if I was close to the top of the mountain, I'd walk myself down to help somebody who was in a like situation. And that's the kind of world that I want to live in. And, and I, I wish people would do that for me.
do unto others, you know, as you'd have done to yourself. We just, I wish that that was, I wish that was the narrative that we worked with in, in the yeah. world and not whatever bullshit we, we deal with on a daily basis, but just people caring about each other more self-awareness, you know, the lack of self-awareness is just um, breathtaking. Yeah. Especially in this traffic, just use your signal. Just please turn your <laughs> signal on. Just use your signal. Yeah. <laughs> the, the roads are definitely a place where you can experience a lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Me first. You know, the, the me first mentality, even even holding the door for somebody nowadays, right? Yeah. You hold the door for somebody and they walk past you like you were supposed to do it for them. <laughs> you know, and I'm... I'm not holding the door for you so that you, oh, stop. Oh, thank you. That's very nice. I don't I don't need your thanks. I don't need, but the fact that you hold the door for somebody and they walk right past you, like as if you were supposed to do that for them, um, it's just not a great narrative. It's, it's not the, the best narrative. And, and I wish that the crystal industry, it's, I mean, again, it's just changed so much. It's changed so much and it's become pretty rough pretty rough waters it's become pretty rough waters and the amount of hate and jealousy i mean i have never i know so much dirt about so many people and not once have i ever in my 12 years of doing business said other people's dirt even if it was going to make me money never i've never done it i've never said someone else's dirt because I come from a place where you don't take food out of somebody else's mouth. Whether you agree with them or you don't agree with them, you don't take food out of somebody else's mouth. You don't try to steal business. You earn your business. You work hard and you do the right thing. And at the end of the day, you'll survive. Here I am. Here I am. And you know what? Now we live in the world where the crystal industry is all about live sales. Let's go back to the original thing that we're talking about, right? Live sales. We live in a world now where if you're not doing live sales, you are not lasting in this business. And if you have the opportunity to even tune in for 10 minutes to a live sale that I do, you're going to see upward of 100 to 150 people and every single person in that sale is buying. Don't get me wrong. There's another 30, 40 people in there trying to steal my clients, screenshotting all the people that are in there and contacting them and saying, hey, come buy from me instead. I'll, I'll give you cheaper. That's happens. It's what you call poachers. Mm-hmm. Endless amounts of poachers. Endless, endless amounts of people trying to – that's what I say when people are trying to take food out of my mouth is that they're coming into – like it's so crazy because it's like imagine you own a 7-Eleven. Do you know what a 7-Eleven is? I don't know if you guys have Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. everywhere. So um, imagine you own a 7-Eleven. You're in a 7-Eleven. You know what a Circle K is? Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're around here as well. <laughs> Let's just say that you're in your 7-Eleven and you're selling your waters. And as you're looking at your client in your 7-Eleven, selling them the water, the owner of the Circle K walks into your business, takes the water out of the hand of the client who's there about to purchase it and says, come to Circle K, I'll give you that water for 30 cents cheaper. Yeah, That's the same thing that's happening to me. That's literally what's happening to me. Every time I'm in a live sale, that's what's happening to me. People are coming into my business in my arena and trying to steal the clients away that are in my business. That that's 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 this industry. That's where we are right now. So that's what live sales are. Live sales are 
an open forum where that can happen. Before it was private, business was private. Customer would come in, they'd get customer service, they'd leave, and that was the end of the story. They didn't want anyone to know they bought anything from you. You didn't want anyone to know they bought anything from you. And it was there was this there, there was this agreement. Now it's it's an open forum. Everybody knows everybody's business. I have wholesalers from across overseas, Chinese wholesalers, Indonesian, Pakistani. Again, no hate on any of these people. I, I, I say it and all of a sudden I'm like racist against these people or I hate these people. Not the case. They're from Pakistan. What am I supposed to say? That's They're yeah. from Pakistan. Pakistanis from Pakistan. What do you want me to call them? Like, I don't, they're not, I have no, no idea what to call these people. But, you know, That's where you got to stay in your own lane. You got to stay in your own lane. You can't come and take food out of other people's mouths. It's just not okay. And, and it's happening across the board. People have lost that, you know, the don't snitch mentality. People are snitching all day, every day, <laughs> everywhere, just without yeah. even being pressed. Yeah. Hey, you know what happened over? Yes. Let me tell you the whole story. You got a pen? <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's, and again, I know that people, find lucrativity in that but it's completely not lucrative to do it's just not and like i was saying you know i i've i've i even with that happening to me on a daily basis i still stay in my own lane i don't engage those people i just block their accounts i don't go after them um don't get me wrong if i know you're in my house and you're stealing from me and i see you we can address it the old way <laughs> If well, I see you, if, if I catch you <laughs> out in the world, I'm going to dress up. I'm going to dress up like Karen. I see you're a UFC fan as well. <laughs> I will. I was a mixed martial artist till I was 18. Nice. Okay. I was. A, I have three black belts. Nice. I'll I, I like UFC. Yeah, I don't really watch the other sports, but I'm a big MMA fan because of the I used hard to like UFC. I'm like not that. really a fan of UFC anymore. I don't watch much UFC anymore. I feel like they turned it into the WWF. <laughs> or WWE, whatever it is, uh, yeah. they, they they took away what the sport was really about and turned it into a circus sideshow. That's how I feel about it. There's still very very talented people worth watching, but I don't know. You know, it, again, they they play they started to play the game. Got you. You know, but before they weren't playing the game. They were being real. They were being authentic. Back when like Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. Yeah, I came uh, in like him, Rashad Evans. Yeah. Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, though that, that that's Matt Hughes, that's behind us. Yeah. Still you know, like now let's, let's do let's let's you know it's funny because I just watched that uh the Conor McGregor uh thing on Netflix. So oh, yeah, they I just came out with a four yeah. part series, Conor McGregor on Netflix. And you know, I don't know if you know about the incident, but he threw a, a dolly at a, a bus that, that Khabib was in. Yeah. I and the that. UFC was like, oh, Oh my God! So horrible. Yet they used it as as promotion across. It's still to this day using it as promotion. So, I mean, if you were so anti that event, why are you? Yeah, ticket sales. It, mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. But that's the world we live in, where people are very quick to compromise their standards and their morals and their ethics just to make a dollar. And I hope that if there's any young people, my my hope is that anybody who's watching, even if it's two people, that why why do I agree to do this? Because I. I did some research on your podcast. I also saw the kind of people that you were having on. I saw the kind of content and the questions that you were asking. Um, and I was like, okay, these guys might have three or four people that I would never get to in my life. 
And hopefully one of the things that I say here today gets into somebody's head and, and makes even, like I said, even if it changes a hair, it's worth doing. You've definitely educated me a lot during this podcast, even just on, like I said, you and what you've gone through and the stuff that I haven't seen in other videos, just to talk with you. It's definitely a different experience from just watching the videos. So I appreciate your time and consideration. How, 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 how old are you? I'm 40. <laughs> you look like you're like 25, man. Good yeah. for you. I appreciate it. Clean, <laughs> clean water. Clean water. Yeah. That's what it is? I'm clean. I, I, you're yeah. drinking that alkaline water? Well, no, just purified, period. Yeah, zero. We get the zero water filters, but, you know, okay. it's not, a, I guess, to, that the trick? it's not sponsored, but. Just clean water. I've, some bottled water that you get is not always as purified as they make it seem, but we got a habit of testing water. And uh, I'm 42. Okay. Oh, I'm 40 as well. Not 42. I'm 40 as well. I, I believe that th- that our generation is like, you, you ever seen that Star Wars movie like, uh, I don't know, it's like The Last Hope or something. Like that. We, we, we are the last, the last hope. And, and the thing is, is what I'm seeing is that our generation is laying down. Mm. Can't do it. People like you, uh, people like myself, we need to, even if it's one person, because that's the way that disinformation and misinformation gets spread, right? I tell you something, you tell them, and it just snowballs down. Same thing can be said with the correct information. You never know who's going to hear the right thing at the right time. Uh, just because I maybe I can only you maybe you guys reach a thousand people in a clip. I reach fifty thousand people in a clip, but there's somebody else that reaches a million people in a clip, and it goes on ten ten million, a billion. You know, it's it's our duty and our diligence not to look at numbers, but to to look at quality. And I believe you guys have a, a quality on your side, and I think that you're only going to grow in the right direction from here and, I, and it's a pleasure that you would even think to have me uh on your podcast and uh not something i do regularly but i i really pre- again not to be redundant but i i appreciate and respect your narrative and i and i hope that you know things only get bigger and better for you as you go uh if there's ever anything i can do to help you out or whatever little bit i could do just let me know we appreciate, appreciate that. i mean once you put the podcast up i'll definitely promote it on my social media and stuff like that yeah, it'll be on all platforms. Yeah, we'll share it. Sweet. Sweet. And we appreciate you again for your time and consideration coming and talking with us. Um, any last advice that you want to give to the listeners or just that? Or, let, or ta- them let, them know, let them know where they can come shop with you and even today. Them. Yeah. Well, I guess it won't be aired today. So today's promo won't necessarily help, but yeah. Just for the yeah. future. Um, I'm assuming that once uh, once it go, you know goes live and that there's uh, some sort of promotion that a lot of people that will watch this particular episode of your podcast are going to be people in the crystal industry, uh, consumers. And <clears throat> I would say that if you watch my content, uh, again, I have no need to, to plug myself or anything that I'm doing, you know. Uh, but what I do have an, uh, a desire to do is to really look at the content that I create and the stuff that I put up um, and and and, re- and and really find some courage and some bravery 
to to be your true self, to be your authentic self, and not to be so worried about what everybody else is going to say and do and think, because that's exactly the corner that the world is trying to corner us into, and to get us into a place where we're compliant and we're quiet and we play the game, and 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 again, <clears throat> not to not to you know to beat a dead horse, but. You know, I I am the most uninteresting man at this point. Like who I am. So I I'm I'm a forty year old white straight male. My 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 narrative is like I, I'm the I should have zero interest. We live in a world now where I where I am irrelevant to some degree, based on the narrative that people are interested in. And I've been able to stay relevant with the difficult, with the handicap of that narrative, <laughs> right? With the handicap of that narrative, I've stayed relevant to the people who who are engaging me because I am unapologetically myself. And I, and I think people should be less afraid to be unapologetically themselves and to speak their mind and to speak the truth and not be afraid to say the things that are on their mind, as long as it's not hurtful uh, or insightful. You know, there's a line, right? If yeah. what you're saying is hurtful or damaging or incites violence, you need to shut up. But if you have an opinion that's harmless, that's just an opinion, no, no, no problem in speaking that opinion. Unfortunately, we live in a world where that's a risk, where it's a risk to even, and that's taking away our freedom of speech. Yeah. You're, let it, you're letting them take away that right. America is founded off of, you know, American Gypsy is the name of your podcast, right? Yes. It's it's our duty to defend the little the little bit of rights that we have. You know, freedom of speech is important. You got you got to say what's on your chest. Because they're censoring everything now. Well, like you like you said, you even have to come out and say, "Hey, this is just an opinion." YouTube, please don't, (laughs) you know. Um, take it personally. I've had many, I've had many Instagram <laughs> and YouTube videos taken down. Yeah, yeah. it happens. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's crazy because I go. I want to get like a thousand people watching a video. It's like it's not even like a like, and no one even cares. I got a thousand people watching a video, and you're still pulling my my content because I said something that was, you know, very interesting, very very interesting. Like I said, a lot. Most people don't know that they're even in the game, but it's it's those people that know that they're in the game that they still don't want you to to reach. So, <laughs> yeah, I, do your legwork, do your research. Don't listen to what other people are telling you, right? And again, I think that again, my point was the, the last thing I, I I really would like to to touch on is that people listen to what they hear on social media or on the news and they run with that information and there's no legwork being done to find out if it's really true or not true. And, and it's so important for the young people because the crystal industry is flooded with people who are just loaded with misinformation. The amount of misinformation in this industry right now is it's, it's just an endless trail. It's very frustrating. To, to combat, you know, because I'm the one that winds up having to explain to thousands of people the reality of things. And so the people who are creating all of this misinformation are making my job much more difficult. Do your legwork. Don't be lazy. Don't be a lazy idiot. That's the best piece of advice I could give. If I had one piece of advice I could give you, it's to the world. Don't be a lazy idiot. Work really hard. 
have integrity, do your leg work, don't rely on other people, and everything will be good.